It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes. The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. It's a hot one. That's right. It's a hot, hot summer because the release the butthole cut tour is back at it with Wizard and the Bruiser and Page Seven. Holden, where are we going? In July, we'll be in Oklahoma City, then Kansas City, then St. Louis, Missouri. July 11th, we'll be in Oklahoma City. July 12th, Kansas City. And rounding it out with July 13th, St. Louis. Be there. Where can we get them tickets, Jake? Oh, uh, you just got to go to lastpodcastnetwork.com for tickets. For tickets, you got to go to Last Podcast Network. Help us finally release that (laughs) butthole cut. It's the only way. Hello, it's me, your powerful curse, Realman Suguna, Wizard Holden McNeely. I'm evil. Hey, what up, guys? It's me, Satoru Gojo. I'm the most popular character. I'm beautiful. I'm all-powerful. I'm confident. I'm literally the pinnacle of humanity. Everybody loves me. I'm so cute. Look at my beautiful, blushing eyelashes. Oh, Hey, Gojo, you want to go to the dojo? Uh, listen, I will kick your ass. I can kick everyone's ass. My mere existence literally undercuts anything the author is trying to doing. And, oh, oh no, oh, don't put me in the box. Don't put me in the box. Ooh, <laughs> What's I'm in, in the box? box? I'm in a little What's box in the now. Box? Oh, no, I'm in I a little love- box. I love a mangaka out of sheer frustration just literally putting a character in a box. It is very funny to me. It is so funny. It is so (laughs) funny how much the uh, creator of this series hates his most popular character. (laughs) I feel like we find that happens a lot where they're like, not that guy. Why that guy? (laughs) Ah, shit. Well, because they have to follow it because they have to follow the the success. They got to follow the fans. Yeah, no, they have editors. They, you know, this is a shonen... we're talking about Jujutsu Kaisen. I don't know if we actually said that. We're the name talking yet. about Jujutsu Kaisen Season today two on Wizard and the Bruiser. Coming up right like by the time you'll be listening to this. Absolutely. And a lot of fervor around the show. I mean, it made me think a lot like while we were watching this on our Sunday study session, patreon.com forward slash Wizbrew. Check it out every Sunday, 5 p.m. my time, PT. Anywho, um, Eastern. I'm sorry, 3 p.m. my time. 5 p.m. Eastern. 2 p.m. my time. What's wrong with me? Hold it. 5 p.m. Eastern Hold time. It. Every week we meet with our patrons over on page, over on the Discord, and we talk to them and engage with subjects. You, you've done it every week. How do you not remember? I'm living loose in life these <laughs> days, my friend. My wife and baby went to Florida for a week, and I am going crazy. But 
Back to the show. Uh, you know, I felt like it's such a good marriage of this gothier approach we're seeing to anime with like stuff like Death Note and things mm-hmm. like that, mixed with the shonen classic style that has been so wonderfully evolved with Hunter Hunter and stuff like that. And Bleach, of course, we have to mention as well, a uh, topic we also do need to cover on this show. And the, just out comes this wonderful, dark, edgy, beautifully animated by MAPPA crazy thing that has really taken people by storm um i mean jake what do you think this does for shonen anime shonen manga so it's an interesting conundrum because we've covered i feel like the modern big three uh you know we we've uh we did chainsaw man we did demon slayer and both of those times i was like oh fuck this is this i get it like i've kept up with a demon slayer I've kept up with Chainsaw Man and Same. Jujutsu Kaisen uh, is such a unique mix of the familiar and unfamiliar in ways that like I really find fascinating because even just looking at the main squad, uh, even just looking at uh, it's, you know, it's oh, God, there's so many Japanese names. Uh, Yuji, <laughs> our main character, you know, hot-blooded, yes, hot-blooded uh, outsider, literally has the most powerful boogity boo inside his tummy, and uh, he has to balance like keeping it contained That's, and that using finger-eating weirdo <laughs> that we all know and love, Yuji Tadori. Uh, Megumi Fushigiro, who comes from, who's uh, you know uses these like shadow spirit animals in his techniques. Uh, moody, like black hair, uh, as part part of a great family with a greater destiny that the main villain is interested in utilizing. And uh, Nobara, who is the uh, the short haired sassy girl who like seems like the damsel, but like when push comes to shove, showcases what a badass she is all the time. Um, she never seems like the damsel. I'm just trying to, but you literally look and uh, Gojo, uh, who we talked about the. Silver haired, uh, blindfolded teacher slash mentor slash like, uh, like, uh, heart of the team. It's that's literally the Naruto squad. That's literally Team Seven. It's Naruto, yeah, Sakura, totally. uh, Sasuke, and fucking blah, blah. Why can't I remember? Wait, oh my God. Why can't I remember his name? I, the whole series I've been thinking about Kakashi. Like, Gojo literally looks like he was fan art of Kakashi. Um, and instead of Ninja Academy, they're in Sorcerer Academy, which is different from uh, Tanjiro being right. in Demon Slayer Academy, which is different from Midoriya being in Hero Academy. Like all of these. So like all of the influences are just so nakedly on their sleeves. Even the idea that um, within the power set, uh, you know, every character has this like awakened domain expansion, which is like. Pretty much Bankai from Bleach. Like, I recognize all the pieces so well from generations past to the point where, like, you know, uh, the creator, uh, 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 Gege Akutami, is, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's, he's like millennial Gen Z cusp. Like, these are all the series that I've been talking about are series that he grew up with. And, it's just creating this feedback loop where, like, I recognize everything on screen, but it's executed so energetically, so, uh, like, well. And there's just enough twists and just enough edge that, like, makes it feel new. It's like, I don't know quite what to think of it. 
But I do enjoy it. I do enjoy it immensely. Yeah, I mean, I could add even, I could even add some more. The Hunter Hunter kind of science-y based magic system, uh, or rule-based rather magic system. You could almost even draw a connection. I, I don't know. I came first Chicken or the Egg with Chainsaw Man. It's like the opposite of Chainsaw Man. Instead of the monsters being fueled by people's fears, it is the powers uh, of the sorcerers are fueled by their uh, outleashing of emotions. You know, like he- well, it's, that's it's actually funny because um, Akutami will like go out of his way to like explain things but then completely throw it away uh when uh-huh. he doesn't need any more to the point where i remember uh there was like a moment in one of the episodes where in the beginning episodes they established like because uh you know because yuji ate the fingers uh he can sense where fingers are and then like you know a dozen episodes later two dozen episodes later uh you know one of the characters is like, hey, why were you surprised that the character had one of the fingers? Aren't you able to sense them? And he was like, I'm not. And they're like, oh, I think I think uh, I think Gora, Gojo just like made that up. I think he's just winging it <laughs> like good times. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's it's really, you know, you, you can definitely draw a lot of uh, monsters design too. very. I see Chainsaw Man in there. I see Berserk in there. In terms of the monster design, into like creatures. Oh, oh, but yeah, but the thing I wanted to that like sometimes, sometimes they'll do something really great with the concept of like uh, our collective fears and negative emotions and regrets will manifest into these horrible monsters and cursed beings. Um, you know, so uh, Jogo is the volcano guy, and he's like obviously a representation of Japan's own. Uh, amalgamated fears of earthquakes and volcanoes and stuff like that. Um, uh, Dagon is like this, you know, manifestation of the ocean and all the darkness in the ocean. But then other times it's just like, I'm just a spooky wiggle man. Wiggly woo. Look at me. <laughs> like there's, um, it's, it's all over the place. It's, it's, it's kind of anything goes, but it's executed with such confidence and the action is so compelling that you almost don't care. You're you're just there for the ride. So everything is loaded with meaning, but also just a roller coaster. It's I I can't quite wrap my head around the things that it does that are just um, derivative and the things that it does that are transcendent because it all blurs together in just this beautiful shonen soup that I just want to keep eating. Yeah, did you get a sense of how like the larger community as a whole? You said you were kind of trying to tap into what like fi- the fans think of it um mm-hmm. and what what's like the the general consensus you found when it comes to like what the larger community as a whole how they look at uh, jujutsu kaisen so uh there's definitely so one of the things i feel like i noticed is you know if you one of my favorite things to do because we live in such a youtube essay ecosystem right now is i just love typing the phrase why Jujutsu Kaisen and then just leaving it blank and letting auto fill do the thing. And so mostly it's why Jujutsu Kaisen is good. Why Jujutsu Kaisen is popular. But then there's why Jujutsu Kaisen is bad. Why Jujutsu Kaisen is overrated. Why Jujutsu Kaisen is a rush job. (laughs) Why Jujutsu Kaisen's making me want to kill my mom. Why Jujutsu Kaisen's (laughs) showing me where the knife was in the kitchen. Because your mom is actually an evil brain that got (laughs) nutted in so that they could (laughs) give birth. Listen, this is spoiler alert. 
An evil wizard took your mom's brain so she could get that nut and give birth to more powerful <laughs> sorcerers. Good lord, Jake. I don't know if we need to nut in a brain right now. I it's mean... implied nutting. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. So I feel like a lot of people truly appreciate what's going on. And I will say the characters are definitely more complex than your bog standard shown in Heroes. Yes. I think. I think we have a couple divergencies here, and you, you kind of skip past one of the bigger ones too, which is that the female characters are all kind of badass. In fact, Gage Akatami is the mangaka who uh, wrote and illustrated all this stuff, and uh, even they will be will be referring to they. Uh, it is d- his gender is defined, but uh, generally goes by they. Which is what is the deal with that, Jake? Why is that such <sighs> a standard? And now in manga? so I tr- I tried to wrap my head around this. There was a hot moment where I thought maybe it was like uh, stuff we've covered for the creator of um, Full Metal Alchemist and uh, who else? Uh, there was another one that was uh, Brain Nutter Five Thousand. I believe. Not how dare you. <laughs> How dare you? Uh, and now you got me thinking about nothing in a brain, and I'm supposed to do a whole episode on a, a manga anime. That's all I can think about now, Jake. Oh, I mean, oh, uh, Demon Slayer, uh, Koyoharu yes. uh, Gotoge, where they're, you know, if they are women working in the manga industry, they will go out of their way to kind of hide their gender or at least obfuscate a little to give themselves a better chance and just to move beyond. Uh, preconceived notions, Demon Slayer and Fullmetal Alchemist being two of my favorite series of all time. But in an interview, uh, it was uh, Gege talked about how he uses, and again, this is, I'm not a linguist. I have never fully studied Japanese. It's just in, when speaking about themselves, uh, Akutami uses uh, the, oh my God, um, uses the Watashi gender neutral formal first-person pronoun while speaking, uh, which is uh, in contrast to different other, like, ways of speaking. You know, everything is formal, casual, gendered, you know, the usted uh, kind of form, if you remember from Spanish. Uh, And so he uses the Watashi form while speaking about themselves to uh, project a layer of professionalism and respect and a marked uh, attempt to kind of push back against the uh, the kind of uh, image of mangakas as kind of slovenly overworked monster otaku gremlins. <laughs> uh, specifically, one of his uh, one of his uh, you know uh, influences, Togarashi of uh, Hunter x Hunter mm-hmm. and Yu Yu Hakusho. Yeah, so interesting. But in uh, you know. The very he has never appeared live on camera, but uh, you know when he did, he did it through a Mecha Maru puppet, who's uh, this cool kind of shadow evil, not evil shadow cursed uh, robot thing that he introduced in the series. They he will even say that if he's not like paying attention, he'll still use the Ore form which is uh, a masculine casual self referential pronoun, and again. Pronouns in Japanese are operate from a different kind of standpoint as the very loaded pronoun discourse we currently do. Yeah, that's why it's like really bizarre to have a conversation around this stuff a little bit. So it's it's important to establish now that we're using they, them, interchanged with he, 
from time to time, but uh, but it's kind of a different, more uh, off to the side reason. I don't know. It's, it, it must be explained up top because it is. You know what it is? We're both speaking as like semi like modern Western dudes right. who are like when we first heard about the they them pronoun thing, we got excited because we're like, oh, <laughs> interesting. Oh, wow. This will be. Well, anyways, I I think I was uh, why I originally brought this up uh, was talking about um, maybe or or if we got thrown off from this, but also that his his female characters tend to be uh, very strong mm-hmm. and and in a, in a non damsel distress way, in a way that is is a standout, in a way that made people think because they use because gay gay Akutami uses they them pronouns that they might even be a, a female mangaka and and uh, like th- that's how strong the the writing of those characters were which is kind of interesting and the fact that they had this cat avatar that uh, at one point uh, that they would use in tr- and, uh, like kind of in the like back end of a of a manga chapter to to sort of uh as their like logo is like this cat logo but they one time had the uh cat mask being removed by a lady mm-hmm. to be represent them and so also people thought they might be uh, a woman but this is not so the uh i you can tell like the the the, the okay i know this is going to sound weird but okay, uh, the, oh, you just talking about nothing in a brain, Jake. I think that I think was for comedic effect. That was for comedic <laughs> exaggeration. Um, oh, what did even guy I mean him pre- needing you didn't preface that with this is going to be weird. So I wonder what the hell this could possibly now, be. So it's just uh, characters like um, Maki Zenin, who you see in the Jujutsu Kaisen Zero movie and uh, later in the series, who's like a cursed weapons user is kind of just this like cold calculating badass um may may who's that uh it's one of the senior curse slayers who has this insane design where she has a braided ponytail in her, the back but also a braided ponytail across the front of her face um is also like focused solely on money and is just wears a plain black dress and fights with a giant battle axe like I honestly believe the author when uh, they said that, like, no, I'm not doing anything crazy. I just am bad at drawing girly things. And so. Yeah, it's so funny. In fact, it is. It actually perpetuates the gremlin theory of mangaka. (laughs) It's yeah, it's like I'm bad at drawing like and writing for lady like ladies. So I just said, fuck it. and just drew everyone like they were. All on the same plane, which isn't that an interesting way to look at people and gender? I don't know. It's, it's a, I think it's a, a good way to go. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash grad admissions. The legends are true. We're overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. 
got a reputation for that from the very beginning. And it shows. It's really cool. And I think a nice change in pace. So you're right. There are similarities, but differences. There are, for whatever reason, uh, Gege Akutami finds these wonderful ways to, maybe, maybe, and that's maybe the discussion about Jujutsu Kaisen, is implementing influence mm. it, 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 in, a, in a precise and really smart, successful way. Mm-hmm. Like, that is what this dude absolutely did. Understood the influence and understood how to execute on that influence in a way that would make for a successful series that was a standout, that was, you know, because there's got to be so many mangas out there that we don't talk about that are just total knockoffs of Bleach or Hunter Hunter. You know what I mean? In such a way that it's like, this is like a fucking secondhand, you know, Dragon Ball. You know what I mean? Whereas, if anything, it might be that uh, at least I'm noticing, at least I'm noticing that whenever we talk about these modern manga authors, they come out swinging with these high concept, really well executed like innovative one shots and they start with like gonzo premises and weird characters. I, you know, the, my hero academia guy had that whole series about like a magic rabbit guy. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and it wasn't until they do roll back and like kind of accept that the shonen audience really does just like, I need, I need a tournament arc. I need an androgynous bad guy. I need uh, an ultimate technique that can only be unleashed through a moment of desperation when friends are in trouble. I need a moody best friend slash rival. I need, you know, it's only when they like kind of reel it back and kind of take what makes them unique and put it in this vessel of shonen action that it really kind of uh, goes, it, it kind of takes off. Yeah, yeah. That's it's cool. All right. Well, let's get into it. The whole history of and everything in between Jujutsu Kaisen, a Japanese manga series written and illustrated by Gege Akutami, serialized in weekly Shonen Jump. It has also been adapted into an anime so far with 24 episodes in its first season and a second on the way as of this recording, which was produced by Mappa, who rules. And we've talked about them before. And we'll talk about them again, even though they do have shit working conditions, Mappa. We're looking at you. All right. <laughs> Stop working them so hard. Good Lord. Or do, I mean, but pay them. That's How about that? Yeah, do, or at least let them nut in a brain once in the a while. The brain Good is Lord. not what, no, the brain <laughs> wants the nut, needs the female body to get the nut. <laughs> I got to find a new running bit, though, for this episode, because we can't just keep screaming about nothing in a brain. I've already brought it up five times. Listen, right? it's our brand. Wrong. It's our We struggle about <laughs> pronouns and then talk about Nut- nutting in brains. That's literally Nut- our wheelhouse. Going insane. <laughs> yeah, dude. I got like a whole hip hop track of working <laughs> on and everything, dude. The story follows a high school student named Yuji Itadori who joins a secret organization of jujutsu sorcerers to eliminate a powerful curse named Ryomen Sukuna, of whom Yuji becomes the host by eating a weird, dirty finger, no less. It's uh, gross. Ryomen Sukuna is a actual figure from Japanese mythology. Ryomen yes, means uh, two faces. Uh, and it was this powerful yokai that committed all sorts of horrible crimes in Japan's ancient past. It was said to have eight arms, eight legs, and two faces facing opposite directions. Maybe it represents the duality of man. Maybe it represents how fucked up it would be if some fucked up monster had two faces. I don't know. I think it's rooted in, it's the literal and the figurative. It's definitely also saying two-faced, like, because um, in, its, in his its initial 
incarnation. Uh, there were worshippers of this curse, as well as people who, of course, hated and feared this curse. And there was this definite, like, two-faced aspect to mm-hmm. the curse itself um, in that sense, in that figurative sense. And he uh, actually uh, comes from the classical Japanese book Nihon, uh, Nihon Shoki, also known as the Chronicles of Japan. It is the second oldest book of classical Japanese history. It covers both the history of Japan, but also myths of the time, which is why we get stuff like curses in it. Kind of blends the two together. I thought that was pretty fascinating. Uh, all that kind of lore going back, and uh, but also apparently. Like, it's not just like he's some weird Japanese myth nerd. It, it He's a horror fan, and this curse is, like, popular with Japanese horror fans. Oh. And that's where he ended up pulling that uh, from, which I thought was kind of cool. That it was sort of like... And, and again, I think we did get this with Chainsaw Man, right? And we're getting this, I think, with a lot of the this era of mangaka. They're they're not just fans of the manga they grew up on, like like uh, Bleach or whatever it is. They're also big horror found footage fans, and I just I think we're like not realizing how massive of a genre that is in Japan because. Like every so many of the mangaka we've covered uh, recently, especially Chainsaw Man, we're always bringing this up. Uh, and even uh, uh, Kojima is like a huge horror fan. There's just a lot of like Japanese artists who are like massive fans of the horror genre of film. But, anyways, uh, though not a ton is known about Gege Akutami, they were born in Awate Prefecture in 1992. The manga and anime that was their biggest inspiration includes Tite Kubo. A uh, writer and illustrator of the manga Bleach. As I'm well going to call Hunter him Tight Kubo. That way, either side that's mad about how you pronounce his name can't will get crossed up. Tite, it's Tite. Tight. You're right. Yeah, he's tight. Tight. He keeps it tight up in that Kubo, bro. I he's mean, literally. No, I saw it coming. I couldn't stop it. <laughs> Just like I saw some unwitting husband, not on a... Oh, all right, please, Jake. Yeah, can you please... Uh, you got to stop me sooner, all right? You know if it's going to start happening. The, the, you got you to gotta help me not do it. Uh, we did, We also didn't really talk about uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion as the, as the huge influence as well. Uh, and uh, we should mention, you know, a, there's a lot of religious imagery and things of that nature all throughout the manga and anime, and that is largely due to Neon Genesis Evangelion. But the twist, the twist Gege did, because he always had to put a twist on it and do something a little different, steeped in Buddhism mm-hmm. and Buddhist imagery as opposed to Christian imagery. And uh, people consider this both a shonen anime mixed with, like, exorcist is what they call the genre of manga anime. Um, and uh, most uh, exorcist manga anime all kind of uh, deals in Christ- heavy Christian imagery. And that was the way for him to put a twist on it, was to say, no, it's you know, uh, it's sorcerers and it's uh, Buddhism instead of these other things. So Gege Akutami said, when I was in fourth grade, my older brother would always buy Weekly Shonen Jump. However, n- he never let me read the issues he bought since he was very possessive of his belongings. One day when he wasn't around, I secretly opened an issue and it happened to be the one Bleach debuted in. That first chapter was so impressive, it made me realize just how incredible mangaka are. I've been hooked ever since. And... um it definitely uh, happened to me, I feel like, for sure, with um, 
my brother's Playboys, though. So I, I had a similar situation to this, but it was just all TNA, Jake. Mm. And uh, it was a wonderful time in my life, but uh, it was definitely, uh, unfortunately, not Mangaka. Maybe I'd be making a lot of money right now. Um, I mean, listen, I'm going to, I hit some fucking saucier chapters of Ranma one half under my uh, sock drawer when I was a kid. <laughs> you never know. You never know what harmful, shameful know. things you got to, you got to wiggle around in, in your, in the burgeoning, uh, years of boyhood. Um, absolutely. The oh my god, yeah, no, I love the idea that uh, <laughs> he was literally talking to the creator of uh, Bleach, Tite Kubo, uh, talking about how he was his first, you know, uh, inspiration, and then he Kubo was immediately like, "Oh, so did you start reading Bleach after that?" And Akatami was like, "Nah, I could nah, My brother kept hoarding yeah, him. Yeah, he didn't let me." <laughs> I would every now and again when I could sneak into his room. Uh, then in fifth grade, he and his family moved to a different prefecture where he made a friend that drew their own manga-style art, which floored Gege, who didn't realize it was both fun to read and draw it. And I, I do... It, it's such a silly anecdote or, or whatever, such a silly story from his past, but I, too, remember having that oh-shit moment, like, oh, I could do the comedy I'm really mm-hmm. liking and it feels good to do it too. And you always have that moment in your childhood where you're like, wait a second, I could just like be, f- do a funny thing on a stage. Mm-hmm. And like, you know what I mean? And it all starts clicking. So jump to the age of 22. They started working as an assistant. I will say, mm-hmm. I, I will say, it is a huge twist on like what we kind of have heard from other manga creators. Where, like, from day right. one, as soon as, like, pen hit paper, they were all about it. They were doodlebugs. They got into their class newsletters. They drew comics for their school yeah, newspaper. Yeah, like, they were scene just, like, style manga stuff and, you know. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, no, Akutami says he really did not care about drawing until it was just a social thing with his friend and he got the bug. Which I find fascinating. So at the age of 22, they started working as an assistant to Yasuhiro Kano on Kiss... Is it Kiss Death or Kiss Cross Death or Kiss X Death? I still never understand what the X means. Kiss X it Death. It takes me is willpower we'll say. to say Hunter I Hunter. Know. It's I still so want to say Hunter, not say Hunter X Hunter. Uh, the synopsis of that manga reads as follows From the perspective of an alien planet with super advanced technology and tiny 160th the size of a human inhabitants, planet Earth was the perfect location to banish their worst criminals. Five of said criminals were sent to the planet to be exiled, attached to little critters like frogs and rabbits, so they can never be fully active. Due to an accident, these five criminals managed to escape and attach themselves to five different girls that were nearby. The one responsible for the banishment of these five criminals now must detach them from the girls by mouth-to-mouth release. Jake. And uh, (laughs) there's a bit of a brain nut going on in that one. I'll tell you that much, Jake Young. I will say, uh, doing just some, you know, just some base, uh, you know, just base like investigations, by which I mean clicking around on Wikipedia, just desperate to find interesting information. Um, the creator of uh, the Kano Yasuhiro, who he that uh, Gege did the assistance for, also made a series called MX Zero which is about an unlikely student who gets drawn into the world of a magic-using school and has to learn how to, like, use it to defend people alongside his classmates. So, like, you know, maybe, maybe, just maybe? Although, uh, in this series, it's a private high school. Okay. 
Whereas Gege kind of, uh, you know, did a twist by making it a kind of weird, he calls it a technical high school. He calls it like, you know, a, uh, you know, it's a less prestigious thing. Yeah. And, you know, I, of course I, I read that synopsis, not just for the weird, horny mouth to mouth release part, which is, um, obviously just going to be like, so weird and horny. But I also read it because, yeah, these five criminals, they're like inhabitants. They're they're taking, you know, they're attaching themselves to other people. I think you can draw a definite one to one from some of these concepts over to Jujutsu Kaisen for sure. Right. Um, and of course, you're talking about the school. Uh, Gege's first work was also published in 2014. It was titled Kamishiro Sosa. Here's the synopsis for that. Ganji and Suzu, who are part of the Hondo Metropolitan Police God Weapon Control Division, get sent to investigate why a certain island off the coast of Japan has gone dark. When they get near it, they discover why a giant pot-like lid has covered the island, Jake. Oh, no. Covered everything. <laughs> I only brought that one up because it's kind of a funny synopsis. I don't think it connects to Juju uh, Kaisen at all. <laughs> uh, is this the one that like kind of has... Oh, God. There's one that like has like a huge kaiju influence that I felt like, and there the Evangelion influence was really felt because yes. like it was about you know this uh, martyr like uh, schoolgirl who has to protect Japan and like through the plucky protagonist. You're thinking of uh, the one shot Nikai Bongai Barabarjura, Jake. Of course, I was thinking of Nikai. <laughs> Bikai Barabarajura. How could I forget? <laughs> it was released in 2016, and it got him nominated for an award called the Gold Future Cup, which I think is what kind of pushed him more towards getting the opportunity he got at Weekly Shonen Jump. The synopsis is, 20 years ago, a promise between the world and God birthed the Oracle Agreement. Prohibiting the use of weapons. It's a pretty decent start. However, giant monsters known as kaiju appeared before long, and mankind was left defenseless. Kento Noroma, a high school delinquent, has exceptional fighting skills, which he uses for the wrong reasons. But after a close encounter with Nodoka Hayami, a girl who controls one of the similar beasts called a Fukujin, Kento aspires to become a Fukujin pilot himself and uses talent to help fight the menacing kaiju. Uh, of course, yeah. I must run away. I must run away. I must run away. Yeah, definitely we're getting some Neon Genesis vibes. We're getting a little bit of high school in this one. We're getting, uh, you know, I think that's cool with the no weapons agreement. But anyways, so so we're getting these one shots steadily through. We, we've seen this kind of thing before, but this is a mangaka who's like just, just getting their name out there, getting nominated for an award, even if you don't win, seems to be a huge career step for many, many mangaka, depending on the award. I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. This guy didn't, you know, they didn't get the Tezuka Award. They didn't get the uh, the 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 immediate, like, oh, you're king shit, get on yeah. in here, award that a lot of these creators we've and covered And it did. really just is more to do with the popularity of this next little short series. It's not quite a one-shot but it's not quite like a full on it's because I, I think it's all collected in one Takaban volume, which is what was so hard uh, when it came to them adapting it later to a film, which we'll get into. But their next work serves as a prologue to Jujutsu Kaisen almost accidentally. It is titled Tokyo Metropolitan Curse Technical School, and it ran in Jump Giga for four chapters Back in 2017, it later is retitled to Jujutsu Kaisen Zero. It gets its own film release. Um, 
Before pitching this story, Gege Akutami had suffered writer's block and eventually went with a, a horror-like manga, which he pitched to his editor. The editor felt the story was a bit too dark, so the editor advised the mangaka to set it at a high school. Gege did not like this, was like bummed out about this, didn't want to do high school, um, but instead mm. just said, fuck it. Let's just roll with it, not wanting to like cause any problems or whatever, you know, and trying to get his work out. So the story introduces the Tokyo Prefectural Jujutsu High School, where folks learn to become sorcerers, as well as the concept of a curse spirit attached to a person. It also gives us the sorcerer uh, Suguru Geto, which is one of those sorcerers who they want all the non-sorcerers to be wiped out from the earth or whatever, like a real like snape or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah no, big, big fucking uh <laughs> he who shall not be named energy. Yeah, exactly. Or yeah, Voldemort energy, um, for sure. And and uh, and that is that is a, a villain too that that will come back. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10 piece Wick Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba da ba ba ba. Go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. There was no expectation by Gage Akutami to further this series. The thing was, it was just so popular, it got a big reaction, so he turned his sights to Jujutsu Kaisen, which would run in weekly Shonen Jump. That's how we get there. That's how we get there. So, uh, yeah, Tokyo Metropolitan Curse Technical School, or Jujutsu Kaisen Zero, to, you know, however you want to see it. It's It actually serves really well as a prequel in a lot of ways, Um you know, you are introduced to the idea that the regrets and negative emotions of people manifest themselves in the everyday world as curses. The idea that uh, curse users are, you know, the uh, and how all of those abilities can manifest. Some people uh, can use it to create interesting powers. Other people can use it just to uh, increase their own physical abilities to fight. Some of them can just like do crazy shit, like make you explode if you say explode. Um, they even introduced my one of my favorite characters, Panda. Yes. Who is a panda. <laughs> Absolutely. But the main protagonist in uh, Tokyo Metropolitan Curse Technical School, Yuta Akotsu, who does come back later in the series, um, uh, definitely comes from the Shinji school of uh of anime protagonists again that evangelian influence is very felt basically the same haircut basically the same build always crying always full of regret always just being like why can't i help i i have to become stronger and the amazing thing they do which i can see why it was super dark is uh he kind of has uh his own personal stand uh in the jojo sense through the character of rika orimoto who is a 10-year-old girl who confesses her love and promises to marry him on the playground when they're both 10 years old. 
And then she immediately gets run over by a car. I mean, her head is smashed in. You all but see the fucking spinal fluid stain the asphalt. It is brutal. And that, like, yearning, that regret that she wants to be with him forever uh, creates this horrifying super monster with, like, fucked up tentacles and massive needly teeth and just, like, just this gross monster with the brain and voice of a 10-year-old girl is a (laughs) horrifying image. Like, genuinely terrifying. Like, just, like, ripping monsters apart and, like, feasting on organs, being like, Did I do good, Utah? Yay! (laughs) Like, just fucking horrifying. Um, And I can see very easily why, when it came time to make it into a mainstream series, they definitely went with, uh, they definitely went with Yuji, who is way more of a hot-blooded, you know, gotta protect my friends, I gotta do what's right, like... I just, you know, I hate bullies, kind of like... Uh, Naruto, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, they replaced Shinji with a little bit of a Naruto. And it definitely makes, I feel like, for a more engaging series. You can only see uh, your main character doubt himself and cry so many times. (laughs) Uh, Well, I don't know. Talk to my wife. Uh, (laughs) She seems to be able to see it quite a bit. So the character of Yuji Itadori, speaking of which... I really like the idea of you just, like, in bed, just silently weeping, and Lexi's like, what's wrong? You're just like, I have to become stronger! (laughs) Oh, that's good. Get in in the podcast studio, Holden. Yeah, go. They're calling for you. Or Jackie has to do it again. Then design a new emote, damn you. You know what you need to do. The character of Yuji Tadori was inspired by Akutami's brother, who excels in everything he does, like school and sports, just like my brother. He was always like the athlete that was good at everything, and I was the Mangaka gremlin. The name Itadori is that of a medicinal herb, since Yuji is a protagonist who helps people. Ryomen Sukuna, the king of curses, the main antagonist in JJK, um, has been popular for a while. We already talked about him in the Chronicles of Japan. Uh, Sukuna uh, is also really into the sorcerer Megumi Fushigoro, and the reasons why have been purposely kept vague. Though Gege did tell an interviewer the reason which had to be omitted from the interview. Gege is hilariously a bit of an oversharer in interviews, apparently, by the way, when it comes to like plot points, mm-hmm. which I think is a lot of fun, because Gege has a lot of it, the story sealed up in their head. Um, they, they have most of like, they know pretty much what's going to happen full on with the ending. The in-betweens are a lot more vague, but this is a story that's going to end in like a year, I believe. Yeah. Or something like that, at least in the manga and then adapted. I mean, this is not a forever one long piece. one piece or whatever. Um, but, uh, yeah, so there's a lot, and there's going to be a lot of twists and turns. Since the powers are based on human emotions, Akatami's approach to story is to steer the plot towards his characters reaching a catharsis to release those pin-up emotions. On what Gege chooses to draw, uh, they said, the scenes that need to be drawn are those that tie in with the facets of characters interworking, and those that are necessary to create the final sense of catharsis. Other than that, I also cut scenes very decisively. So it's all this drive towards catharsis it's like very greek in its uh kind of mm. outlook in terms of telling stories um like greek uh old, you know old school greek plays there's also a level of um he's talked about how uh when he's writing these stories sometimes his plans go out the window when he just sees his characters in these situations and being like mm. no that's not how they would play this out that's actually like shit 
shit. Like some of the more brutal, some of the more surprising twists that happen throughout uh, the series. Um, a lot of people point out the Shibuya incident arc, which is what the uh, season two is supposedly going to be covering a lot of. Uh-huh. Um, came from Akutami just being like, shit, shit, this is like the the flow of events is like happening outside of my control. I put the pieces in motion and like this is ha- this is how it has to play out. Fuck. And that's why I'll put a mad inside of a box. <laughs> That'll show him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and also, who can forget the character of Nutbrain Nanake? <laughs> the brain that floats around just nutting on civilians. One of my favorite no, elements no, of the, the manga the, cut for anime. First of all, the Nutbrain is named... Uh, it's uh, Noritoshi Kamo is the evil brain that got nutted <laughs> oh. in for their evil purposes. All right, Jay, come on, please. All right, we're just trying to keep it clean here, man. I mean, what's going It's a huge on? twist when you find out that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, twisting those nuts, getting that brain. All right, anyways, people, let's talk a little bit about Gege's Speaking process. of twisted nuts, uh, Gege Akutami in an interview uh, <laughs> revealed in the, I believe it was during one of the opening like introductions for uh, one of the JJK uh, light novels that uh, on a dare, he put painful uh, medicine on his nuts and uh, it hurt a lot. What? Like he did the Icy Hot challenge. He did like the Ben Gay uh, challenge I wish I'd kid. found <laughs> Oh, my God. I wish I'd found that one, Jake. That's amazing. What did that have anything to do with anything? Uh, you talked about nuts getting all twisted up, and I was- I know I did, but I'm saying, like, in the in context of the interview, why did he bring it up? Like, what is- Probably just a carefree childhood. I don't know. <laughs> that doesn't sound carefree. It sounds like he's got a lot to care about, like pain in his nuts. <laughs> Anyways, all right, Gege's process. Gege actually relies a lot more on rough drafts than most mangaka. Gege said- There have been many times when adjusting drafts based on the advice of others felt like removing pieces from a Jenga tower, which led to collapse and failure. Changing minor details is fine, but definitely I'd rather put in the work and start over from scratch instead of fixing up a bunch of things in my storyboards. And in another interview, they explained a bit further on the whole revision process. I try to listen and oblige the suggestions like it's difficult to understand as much as possible. I think everyone has a sense of balance and constructs their storyline based on that part. Many times I tried to reassemble them like Jenga based on other people's opinions, but I lost the balance and failed. As long as the mistake is not too small, it's better to start over than fixing. So really, it's like that first push if that is, it's not like they just iterate on that and, and revise, revise, revise. They kind of want that to be the thing. And if that's not the thing, they make a whole new thing. Mm. And that's very interesting to me in terms of a process. And 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 definitely looking at it like uh, a lot, I think, I think Gege's like main issues as a uh, mangaka have to do with getting stuff across in a way that other people would actually get. I think they can maybe get a bit abstract or just a little bit complex with like the, because the lie, their imagery too is very like, I mean, you've, you've watched it. Like it's very frenetic, Mm -hmm. right? It's like kind of got a messiness to it that the anime doesn't even quite have, but it's like a very purposeful messiness to try to convey emotions. And there's also a lot of very fun power uh, dynamics happening where like, sometimes I found myself getting lost on like, what exactly are the stakes of an individual exchange where it's like, 
I can touch you once, but my blood can only hurt you if you're like looking at me or just also, you know, and they get kind of crazy with the ways that these powers uh, kind of uh, uh, unveil. Each user can use a handful of just like spells. Every uh, user has an innate ability that they're born with that can uh, really get weird. Uh, He talks about the character Nanami, who is this like, a uh, reformed salaryman who wanted to get out of the curse hunting game only to get pulled back in when he realized he wanted to help people. And he literally has like this sword that he can uh, cut your weak point, but the weak point exists on a seven, on a three tenth scale. Like it's <laughs> like it's ratio based. And every time he uses his power, there's like a ruler present to see that he's trying to find like the three tenths golden ratio three out of seven like thing it's a very fascinating but weird thing to do but he says like once he started really stretching what these powers could be and how obscure they could be it really opened things up for him then there's the idea of the domain expansions where like yes yeah yeah domain expansions are a whole i mean it's where it's the sorcerer kind of creating their yeah. own little like world. uh we talked about uh well we didn't talk about i mentioned satoru gojo and like the idea that his whole power is based on Zeno's paradox, the idea that like because the distance between two objects can always be divided by half into infinity, nothing can ever touch anything. So like his powers are based on like philosophy and mathematics, huh. and that manifests uh-huh. in a lot of weird ways. It all kind of creates this like uh, hodgepodge of like frenetic chaotic action with characters trying to position themselves and do interesting things. Another character has the power to reduce all, like everything they see into 24 frames of animation based on like the film frame. Like it, things get crazy when all of these characters, all with these unique powers all get like interacting with each other. This happens a lot in the Shibuya arc, which I still is incredible action uh storytelling really can't wait to see it uh on screen in season two um which is kind of why i appreciate yuji itadori's like i'm just a punchy boy i just punch real good yeah the fight choreography in a lot of these uh battles are incredibly complex and like true to life there was uh do i have the article up or did i delete it there was a um Yada, 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 a actual martial artist posted on social media that, like, he was impressed that uh, Yuji did a manju kick, like, flawlessly, like an actual uh, martial arts move. And it was represented accurately and how you would use it in a fight, which I found. In the manga or the anime? uh, In the manga. Wow, cool. So, like, the fight choreography is incredible. Uh, in them, both in the manga and in the uh, anime, which we'll get to in a second. Yeah. Gege actually draws all the manga pages digitally, which surprises a lot yes. of people because he uses a lot of like ink techniques. Uh, his work is covered with uh, hatch lines. Uh, whenever the cursed powers are in use, they're represented by these like dry brush, thick, inky lines everywhere that is really reminiscent of Hunter Hunter. But all of that is, you know, he says he goes out of his way to kind of blur the lines between, like, he wants people to think he's still drawing with pen and paper. That's a big discussion. So, yeah, I think we're pulling from a similar interview, or the same interview, I think, the Bleach mangaka and him sit down to discuss technique and stuff. And, And I've seen this before in discussions about mangaka 
uh, or about uh, you know creation process of manga and and how it's a lot of like do we don't we go with digital. You know, it seems like it kind of is has to be the way, but it's a huge changeover mm-hmm. from working with like actual ink and you know pen, pens and pencils, and it takes a while to get used to. But there's always this wish to do what you were just talking about to to come to make it somehow to somehow combine the manual approach with the digital approach. You know, and uh, I think that's kind of fascinating to look at and see how the techniques. I feel like. I feel like now they're doing a lot of that in anime, but with like CG and 3D modeling combined with like hand drawn stuff, and and to try and keep the strengths mm-hmm, of both mm-hmm. in play. It's really fast. There is a great exchange where they are talking about their process, and uh, Kubo from Bleach is talking about how he's actually having trouble with the uh, transition, uh, but he praises Akutami being like. You know, there's such like a, you know, this scrappy kind of like sketchy uh, quality uh-huh. that you do that really ma- sells the idea that you're using ink. And Akutami responds like, oh, that's no, I'm really trying to make my art clean. That's just <laughs> I, that's just I'm just failing. It's the same thing as the writing for women thing. It's like, actually, yeah. that's me failing. But thank you for the compliment. <laughs> uh, he can write a story for a chapter in a day and a half day, rather. Sometimes it takes 12 hours, but it takes them five days to draw the manuscript. As they claim, my concentration slash focus is awful. So it's a lot of procrastination, a lot of not being able to like stick with the task at hand, I guess, apparently. But I always am so blown away at the work process turnaround of these people. It, d- it mm. seems like it's way too much, way too crazy, especially on such a regular basis. And uh, in terms of making characters likable, I just thought this was interesting, but I'm still trying to pick apart what it means. Gege focuses on, in terms of making characters likable, punchline, accumulation, gap. Accumulation means the sum of a character's words, actions, and experiences, and how it shapes the characters. Gap is the space between those things. I mean, I guess punchline is literally just like them making jokes. Interesting, though. Punchline, accumulation, gap. What a bizarre response to that question. Oh, I mean, Yuji is absolutely a great protagonist. Um, You know, he enters this world with like a divine purpose. He basically has the full Uncle Ben moment where a dying relative is like, you gotta, you gotta help people. Promise me you'll do good things and help people. And like, as the chaos of this universe just unfurls and the massive amounts of destruction and death surrounds him uh even things that was like that he couldn't prevent personally or things he's responsible for he really has a rough go of it he has intense moments of self-doubt intense moments of reckoning like you really feel for this guy uh because like he just wanted to help people but (laughs) shit keeps getting so fucked Um, and, and there's, uh, and even the sorcerers themselves, like literally, and they'll, they say just as much that like these curses, these things are a result of humanity. Humanity is like, there's never going to be a victory state. They're literally just trying to mitigate the damage of humanity's own existence. And there's never going to be a moment where like, we did it. Nobody's sad or angry anymore. The curses are all gone. Right. Um, there's even uh, I really loved the character of um, oh god fuck, there's too many characters I'm sorry Mahito who is like kind of one of the big bads in the series he has this uh, fucked up power to like 
Cronenberg people at a touch. Like, he could just touch people and turn them into fucked up Cronenbergs. Uh, and he literally uh, represents a new curse, which is like in the internet age of, uh, you know, uh, he represents humanity's own fear of each other and distrust of each other. And that he nice. can, like, turn the, you know, just the random salary man on the sidewalk into a frothing beast. Like, and he's like a new curse. He's like new and powerful and in, and crazy. And he's like learning the ropes and like gaining new abilities alongside Yuji also in this universe. It's a very fun concept that they play with a lot. That's very cool. And that feels very Chainsaw Man, not just the fear thing, but just like how that feels like a creation based on an observation of humanity currently happening right now. Yeah. You know, especially and with it's, the uh, and everything, social media. And yeah, it's, I don't even know if we need to acknowledge it, but the idea of uh, negative emotions uh, manifesting as like malevolent spirits is completely at home within Japanese superstition. Totally. You know, all you need to do is watch The Ring or The Grudge or any of these movies. Like the, the entire half the tradition of like yokai monsters is shitty thing happened and this created a monster. Right. Like totally. And I stand corrected, by the way, this manga is past the halfway point and is uh, uh, set to conclude in 2023, I think. Yeah. So that is crazy. That is this year uh, for sure. So let's move over to the anime adaptation produced by MAPPA. We recently talked about them in our Chainsaw Man episode. They're responsible for a ton of popular series. My favorite being Yuri on Ice. Also, Doro Hidoro and so much other stuff. They have a pretty distinct style, and it looks great. It's definitely that combination, like C CG mixed with, it's very flashy, uh, but dark and brooding. Maybe that's just because I'm most used to Chainsaw Man uh, before this one, aside from Yuri on Ice, which is obviously a cute love story about figure skating, so the opposite of what I'm describing. Uh, the director is Sung Hoo Park, a South Korean director known for the God of High School before this. Uh, Park spoke about the animation staff, stating they had a good variety of animators for this series. And they were able to each let off, like show off their very particular set of skills uh, and sequences throughout the show. Now, Jake, you said you kind of tried to dig in a little bit more into that in terms of the animation staff? Uh, they relied a lot on uh, freelance animators, a lot of people that uh, weren't specifically on staff at MAPPA, and so a lot of those, like, really memorable cuts are, uh, like, basically, if you see the animation go into full overdrive with, like, character continuity, like, kind of morphing and squishing around, uh, individual, like, exchanges of blows that just have way more personality. Like, they really utilized a lot of people, like, playing to their strengths. The line quality, the camera work, all kind of work in tone. Um, I wish I could really break it down further. I can, like, list off names, you know, like uh, Tanaka Hironori or Tatsuya Yoshihara, but, like, unfortunately, I'm just not that deep into the industry to really break down who did what. But it's still cool that it's this, like, very, like, yes. showcase crew of animators that all have, like, different special powers, essentially, from what it sounds like, that they got to really get to showcase all throughout the series. Which is Season one of One Punch Man had a similar approach where like individual sequences or cuts where the animators were like a little bit freed up to like do some cool shit with it. It's a similar effect where like you're watching a cool episode and all of a sudden 
Like there's just one like quick fight scene cut and you're just like, oh shit. And like, that's cause you could feel the animators marks on that. I'll, I will say Mappa has gotten a little bit of pushback. Um, some of the composition work with the 3d backgrounds is a little bit awkward. Uh, they use a lot of like uh, digital filters that a lot of people say make the anime look a little bit muddier than it has to. But that composition work, that combination of digital and standard animation is incredibly difficult to pull off. And it's, you know, only studios like UFO Table, UFO Table uh, that do Demon Slayer, like really almost are the ones that everybody's that don't get the majority of complaints. People still don't quite trust CG in anime uh-huh. fully and uh some there's like if you really want to nitpick and like pick out still frames which is never a, a fair thing to do in animation i can see where they're coming from uh yeah and apparently one of the big ones for this show in particular that got them just getting a lot more output they switched from a cat of nine tails to a bullwhip when it came to, to hurting mm. the animators to keep them awake um mm. and i think that was a huge huge boon for them is they really got a lot more output uh, in a quicker amount of time, that was a joke about their bad working conditions. I don't know if it got, if it ran, if it hit, but that was a joke for that. A lot of yeah, it's uh, uh, animators that have left the studio have compared Mappa to a factory like setting. Um, a lot of uh, newbie animators who are eager to try their stuff just get a lot of underpaid correcting work that like. They're just expected to play along with if they want to go, you know, get the higher uh, uh, prestige assignments and they never get them. They kind of just take advantage of a lot of talent. The whole anime industry uh, really is at a crisis point where, you know, all the old masters are gone. Uh, The demand for a lot of this anime has never been higher in a lot Mm -hmm. of points. You know, this we live in a world where Chainsaw Man and Demon Slayer merchandise is flying off the shelves, but like. The actual production costs are still being like just nickel and dimed the whole way down. It's a it's it's not a great industry. And they're basically just taking advantage of people's, uh, you know, it love for the for the art form. And that can only get you so far before you just burn out an entire generation of talent and no one's uh, there to replace I them. I hear that, my friend. Um, but we got to give it some due. This, uh, you know, uh, MAPPA did a great, I think a really solid job of adapting the anime. They definitely cleaned up a lot of, you know, we're talking about some of that mess, messiness, intentional or not in the manga. It, it, they definitely clean up a lot of that um, uh, for for better or for worse. Uh, and shout out to the voice cast, awesome voice cast, Yuji Tadori, voiced by Junya Inoki, uh, who's done a ton of stuff such as, uh, Panicata Fugo and the Golden Wind arc of JoJo's Bizarre Adventures. A lot of JoJo's mm. alum, uh, doing voices for this. It definitely, I think you can make the case for going subs over dubs for this show. Um, Jake, I know we watched subs for the study session, I continued in that way. Did you watch any of the American voice acting? or uh... I watched the uh, dub for the Jujutsu Kaisen Zero movie, and I found it incredibly endearing. Um, I I think everybody did a good job with that. I believe that I was... Nothing truly took me out of the uh, experience watching the dubs. I think they did a good job. Kaiji Tang did a great job as the voice of Satoru uh, Gojo. Um Although uh, the voice actor in Japanese, Yuichi Nakamura, also hates the character and also has said that he's too confident and annoying. (laughs) I really cannot stress enough. uh, 
uh, he's the Kakashi looking guy. He's like the benevolent leader, the canonically most powerful uh, person in the uh, entire world, according to like himself and other characters. Uh, but in 2019, uh, Gege said in answer to a question like Satoru Gojo is so cool. Is there anything he doesn't have? And he answered something Satoru Gojo doesn't have dot dot dot. Probably a personality. <laughs> so uh, right after he was put in the box, Gege said, now that Gojo is gone, it's looking like 2020 is going to be a great year. <laughs> when uh, during the, one of the first uh, character ranking uh, popularity polls happened for the series, which is a huge part of uh, Shonen manga, of the Shonen mm-hmm. Jump thing, like they, they take those polls very seriously. Gojo ranked first. And Akutami's uh, comment on the matter was, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, uh, During another popularity poll, uh, Gojo won by a landslide, and Akutami replied, those who voted for Gojo, especially the women, here's some friendly advice. Pick Nanami next time. <laughs> I like the person. We're getting the we're getting the personality of Gege shining through a little bit, mm-hmm. and it's a lot of fun. I love how the uh, the bleach mangaka dude was like, "Wow, I really thought you were going to be like an animal. <laughs> I thought you were going to be crazy because based on your work, but you're just like a normal everyday person. <laughs> it's just so funny. That that just also gives you a little insight into like what this series is compared to other series that that he would think that you know what I mean. Um, very fun. Uh, shout outs also to the, the anime openings and, and uh, ending uh, uh, music segments uh, are phenomenal on this. Oh, though, when when the series first dropped, those like the dance segments from the uh, ending credits, people went nuts for it. I saw those gifts everywhere. It is they're just bubbling with like personality and every character is like dancing in character. It's very endearing. Yeah, for sure. The the openings, uh, the animation director Shingo Yamashita had this to say about the first opening, there, of which there are two. I focused on the main character, Itadori, and wanted to express the world as he sees it along with his circumstances. That's what that is. The first and last shot of the opening was intentionally made to be similar. As Yamashita explains that, well, the Kai in Jujutsu Kaisen means cycling or coming back around. And those effects were added with that in mind, which might be a little insight into how this thing's going to end. Since there was a lot of camera mapping in the opening sequence, 3D base models were created for every scene. Yamashita said, we have to make the models from the artwork for that, and it takes an exhausting amount of effort. It's probably what took the most work. For the second opening, Yamashita wanted to instill a feeling of mourning. Uh, it is much darker and more abstract, with a lot of little hints throughout a future story beat. Mm. So it's a good one to pay attention to that second opening. Shout outs to the composers for the series Hiroaki uh, Tsutsumi, Yoshimasa Terui, and Alisa uh, Okehazama. And of course, shout outs to the opening themes, the first one being uh, Kai Kai Katan by Eve and Vivid Vice by Huya Extended. The closing themes are Lost in Paradise by ALI and Give Back performed by Ko Shu Nie. And they are a lot of fun, Jake. And I do love the like rotoscoping of the dancing. Mm. Very cool vibes. Um, and, and a good way to end. You kind of need like a super peppy ending because of the dark mm-hmm. nature of the show. It's very gothy. It's very fun. The, the style of the show, it, it's great, I think. If you want like death note applied to like bleach or mm-hmm. uh, a big a big fun shonen anime i think they do a really good job of pulling it off but in like a different way than chainsaw man mm-hmm. uh i guess i guess because of the hunter hunter connections things like that 
it's it's got a different vibe. I see similarities between the two, but it just definitely stands out. It is kind of interesting that like on the one hand you have um Chainsaw Man which is all about like modern fears like guns and bombs yeah. and stuff and on the side of Demon Slayer you have like it's actually set in classical Japan and like it's yeah. it's you know the main character kind of represents modernism if we want to uh, go up our own holes about Muzan but Jujutsu Kaisen kind of like kind of perfectly settles in the middle where it still has this darkness this edge this modernity uh, that Chainsaw Man has, but it also really sticks to shonen fundamentals of good versus evil and plucky heroes kind of uh, having all out beautiful brawls with the monster of the arc uh, like Demon Slayer. It kind of it all kind of forms this weird spectrum now that I'm like uh-huh. analyzing it. Yeah, there, there's definitely this is the wave. We're going to refer to this as a specific like sad boy wave or I don't know what we're going to call it, but there's this interesting like thing happening currently that you could definitely make a connection to all these bits. And there definitely have to do with like, it's very obvious too. This is the generation that grew up reading nothing but battle Mm -hmm. and manga in the style that we're more used to, you know, now, you know, that wasn't just like, it's like, Golden Age with like Yu Yu Hakusho, like almost I would say almost Silver Age with like Bleach, and now we're in like the modern or Bronze Age a little bit. I would almost say like if you want to look at it in a comics way. <laughs> we already talked about the movie; it came out just in time for Christmas in 2021. Jujutsu Kaisen Zero, based on that manga, all that good stuff. Uh, Sung Hoo Park did return to direct that. And since the story only fit into one Tankaman volume, they knew they needed to add scenes to turn it into a full feature-length movie. So they did expand on that initial manga in a lot of ways. Um, definitely, I think, dealing with like the characters' pasts and things, they added a lot more detail and a lot more scene work for that stuff, uh, for sure. And it does, here we it are. does the- really serve. If you do just want to get like a one-shot taste of what this universe is about what the fights are about, what everything is about. I think it really does. um, I think it really does give you a nice one-off taste of what everything's about. I really enjoyed the movie. And season two, here we are airing. uh, I think by the time this comes out, it'll already be airing uh, July of 2023. And it will start by covering Gojo's past arc, which will tell the story of Gojo's past. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and um, but yeah, the Shibuya arc as well. Shota Goshozono replaced director Sunghu Park for the new season, so we'll see if that shakes anything up with it. Sunghu Park did a phenomenal job, though, uh, for sure. So uh, yeah, exciting stuff. Uh, Jake, anything else before we wrap this baby up? No, no. Uh, it's definitely made me even more excited for our Bleach episode that's going to be coming up in the next few weeks. And I, you know what? I got. I love a good Battle Boy fun time. Yep. Just, just, and I like a spooky boy fun time. I love all this horror influence getting into our uh, battle anime. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. I love this. I love the monsters and shit are rad. I mean, anything that brings a little berserk in there brings a little. Also, we gave Chainsaw Man a lot of shout outs on this, and we didn't give any to Jujutsu today. So I must say also, legitimately, legitimately really funny. Mm. Like, re- re- there were so many laugh out loud moments, especially when we were all watching together. Um, uh, for the Sunday study session, like you're absolutely right. Uh, great, Gage does great reactions. 
great expressions. Yes. Fant- Honestly, without the expressions, like so much of the characterization would go out the window. A hundred percent. And so, yeah, I have to give shout outs to that. As much as it's spooky and dark and battle anime, it's also very, very silly, uh, very, very fun as well. And, you know, a lot of like, and there's a lot of meta comments about like the genre too that you get, I think, in this newer wave of mangaka and anime, which is a lot of fun because we've, hey, we've been in it mm-hmm. for a lot while now. So there's a lot to comment on and uh, a lot to make fun of. All right. Well, I think that about covers it. Uh, yeah, that's our episode on Jujutsu Kaisen. I hope you enjoyed it. hope it uh, gets you to go check it out. It is on Crunchyroll or one of those websites if you want to go to one of those websites. But that is how you find it in its current form. Um, what did you watch the prequel on? Was that also oh uh, you that watched was, it on your evil? That website. was actually real. No, no, no. I huh. I bought a Crunchyroll subscription oh, so okay. I could watch it. Um, it was weird. It it was impossible to find, and only until I like dove through the Crunchyroll app, they have it listed as season three oh, of weird. Jujutsu Kaisen. It's so bizarre. Um, well, there you go. But you get a free trial. Just yeah. give them an email just address. Give them your credit it's, card. It's, it's fine. fine. Just give them all your money. Uh, all right. Well, take it from me, nut, nut brain. Wait, what was it? Nut brain Nanako. Take it from me, nut brain Nanako. I'm going to nut all over your brains. Thank you for your support. <laughs> Thank you for your continued listenership. We value you highly. Getting to meet you on the live tour has been a revelatory experience. I deeply appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate you so much. I'm going to <laughs> nut. Oh! <laughs> What? I created the character. It's not that. It's Lisa. If anything, I created this. (laughs) I did this. Well, you can follow us further uh, over there on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash whizbrew. Please support us over there just for just $5 a month. You will get a weekly bonus episode. Uh, You get ad free episodes on of the main free main feed shows like this one you get pre-sale codes for tickets for our tour lastpodcastnetwork.com check that out as well so patreon.com forward slash whizbrew and then lastpodcastnetwork.com for all of our tour dates we're hitting the rust belt here in a, like a week or whatever i'm excited for it we're going to the southeast in September. It's going to be a great time. So check out all of our dates over on lastpodcastnetwork.com, page seven, and Wizard and the Bruiser present Release the Butthole Cut Tour. Also, last but not least, before I get to Jake, which is most last but not least, uh, twitch.tv forward slash Holdenators Ho. Twitch.tv forward slash Holdenators Ho. Monday through Friday streams. Check me out on there. Jake! Follow me on Twitter at Best Jake Young, Instagram at Best Jake Young, and uh, hey, go to twitch.tv slash pub. Jared on Thursday night, 7 p.m. Eastern for the Cartoon Dumpster, a weekly grab bag of bizarre forgotten cartoons from the 80s, 90s and 2000s. It is a grand old time. We joke around. We just witness the insanity. If you like Mystery Science Theater 3000, if you like this podcast, you will feel right at home every week. A couple of you people from the podcast wander in and are like, hey, I'm here from the podcast. You were right. This is fun as shit. And I'm like, cool. I told you. And always remember, don't forget to wash your nuts. And never stop bruising. <laughs> This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. 
For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10 piece with nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba da ba ba ba. Go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.